Recorded live from that special room in your house you can only find in your dreams, this is Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens and my pronouns are she, her as well. Hey, Penny. Yes, Amy. How you doing? Oh, uh, what time is it? Uh, it's a little after 10. <laughs> yeah, it really depends. In sometimes. the morning. In the morning, yeah. Well, for us, hourly to hourly is actually a thing. I'm doing pretty... Well, I'm doing okay today. There's a whole bunch of different things that have gone on in my life that have been like batting me around uh, emotionally. Uh, and so um, as per your suggestion, we're gonna take this day and this, this show and do kind of a, a mental health slash healthcare in general check-in. Um, well, why don't we do that right after the traditional music swell and fade out? Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loony, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes and change isn't good or bad, it just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one, the coins, money, about how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses. And by going to TransformationThursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh, God, I hope so. Okay, then. TransformationThursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure. I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Amy Stevens. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. Amy, you're not in uh, your your normal place of residence right now, are you? Nope, I'm in a top secret to not be disclosed location somewhere else in upstate New York. Yeah, yes. well, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, the here in Rochester, um, the weather's kind of awful, and uh, uh, and, and on Tuesday it was the weather was awful, and my emotional state kind of matched it. Yeah, I know. I was kind of worried about you because I texted you earlier in the week and I hadn't heard from you. And that's kind of unusual. So yeah, uh, well, yesterday on my short little road trip, I said, you know, I need to check in with Penny and yeah, you, well, you, you, what's going on, Penny? Well, yeah. Also, uh, the other thing that happened is that Earl, usually we record on Sundays and you had sent to me, I'm taking a a, a break from social media, which is something that I know you do when you are like in the, in, in a, uh, a difficult emotional state as well. So we seem to both be having it. Here's my, I'm gonna tell my story because I'm talking right now. My story is this, on, uh, on Monday night when I went to bed, um, I heard my mom on the stairs and I 
said, I need to put my phone down and pretending I'm and pretend I'm asleep so that my mom won't be mad at me when she comes in to kiss me goodnight. Henny. Hmm? You just said your mom? Yes, my mom. Uh, and it was at that point that I realized, um, number one, I'm 61 years old and it's been like 45 years since my mom has done that. And uh, secondly, I realized that um, my mom has been dead since 2017, almost four, it'll be four years uh, next month. And that woke me up from the dream that I was having. I had this dream where I was dreaming that I was lying in the bed that I was lying in with the phone that I fell asleep in my hand with. And just that, that, and, and when I woke up, I had a whole bunch of different thoughts slash emotions that kind of hit me at all the same time. Uh, number one, just the sadness of the fact that it had been so long since my mom had kissed me goodnight. Um, and that, that, you know, that, awareness of where I am in my life and the fact that she's not there and had not really been there for me for a very long time. Uh, and then also the realization that my mom was the last person um, in the world who cared, who, who, who held a thought in their head for me and how I was doing in, uh, in, in a, in a way that, you know, in, in that sort of way, I, my marriage, I married a woman, who was um, very needy and she did not ever uh, think of me that way that I, that I could think of. And then also that I'm 61 and transgender. And uh, like I said um, to the Washington Post, I, the, the dating pool for people who are both old and transgender, uh, you know, can be held in, a, in, in, a, in an eyedropper. Uh, and I just felt very alone and, and very uncared for. And I started weeping and I really didn't go back to sleep. And so for the next 12 hours, uh, I was in a, in a really bad emotional state. So it was so bad that I um, was like trying to figure out what to put on my cheeks and my underneath my nose so that when I went out to shovel snow, I wouldn't like get frostbite on my face. Uh, but I was I was really in, a, in, in an emotionally bad space. And, and I want to say I have people who love me and I do have people who care for me. My children are prime examples, of this, but they don't think of me that way. I think of them that way because I raised them and they they still it don't. I, I am not I, I am not that primary thought. If I said to my kids, I need help, they would be there in an instant and they would you know, drop what they were doing to help me, but I would have to say I need help. There's nobody that is, well, well, there was you, you can't, you can't say, how are you doing? And, you know, you were like, you know, we we're not, despite what some people think we are not a, a our relationship really is right now, especially during COVID uh, via the microphones, via Zoom. Yeah, we've, um, yeah, I knew something, you know, after hearing you talk, but, you know, and also I think there's part of the mental health check-in, you know, that I've learned from our friend Kimberly Anderson, mm -hmm. you know, and sitting in on some of her um, Zoom calls for queer folks, you know, we also need to get comfortable asking the question, are you okay? Are you safe? And yeah. when we ask those questions, and I don't, but we're also talking about issues of especially in the trans community, 90 plus percent of us have had suicide ideation. 
40 percent have had attempts <clears throat> that's really a question we need to get comfortable with and understand and so i didn't think you were really necessarily there but i also heard something in your voice that i haven't heard before and yeah. so you know and i wanted to make sure that i at least made that check-in with you to let you know that i was concerned about you yeah and i want to say that when you said are you safe um it affected me uh, in in a in a in a profound and deep way when we had that conversation and you said are you safe it was like that was it, it was it was wonderful to hear somebody ask me that question so it, it is it is a it is a useful and profound question to ask and um yeah so that was that was something that that just hit me really really hard in that loneliness and i see that a lot um i i do i follow a lot of uh trans you know there is this thing as trans twitter where there's a lot of transgender men and women that um, I interact with, or at least read their posts, uh, whenever I'm online and on social media. And I, I, I see that, that cry for help. The, the, I am alone. I feel alone. I have no one. And for the most, for the most part, it's not something that I, that I deal with all that much, but when it happened to me, it, it, it was literally, it was 12 hours of weeping. Um, and, you know, my, my son was very, when he woke up, he was very supportive of me and that helped. And then uh, when I finished shoveling, it turns out that the mail had been delivered while I was shoveling my sidewalk or my driveway. I didn't even see it come. And inside there was my revised birth certificate with my true name and true gender on it, which brightened me emo tremendously. Um, so that, those were, those were things that helped. And I started focusing on that, but I could see how somebody who is having family troubles and is literally more alone than I am, how, and you are, because we both have support systems, how this can be like deathly deadly, right? Yeah, it can be. And, you know, and I think you make a great point about your kids, you know, even though we have family at home, it doesn't mean we're not lonely. Yeah. And there's I think, yeah, yeah there's, there's different kinds of lonely. I'll, yeah, that, yeah, but you, you yeah. have to get there. So go ahead. Yeah. You know, and that's just, you know, there's a difference between, I think what we're talking about now is an intimate connection with somebody to love and care for us. <clears throat> and, you know, loving and caring from other family members that it be in my situation who I still live with my ex-spouse, my two kids, that type of loving and caring is going to be different than the loving and caring I would get from a partner or, you know, you know, some type of other romantic, romantic interest that I'm around. Yeah. And I think it's more the latter that we're, we're talking about here right now that we're yearning for striving for. Yeah, ro ro romantic, intimate in, yeah, yeah, romantic is a great way of putting it. Um, intimate is, is a, you know, a, a much more intimate because, uh, you know, I know that you are in a relationship and it, it's relatively new. And so there's an awful lot of real romance there, but there's also a growing amount of intimacy that is loving and yet not around romance and that ability to 
turn to the person that's in the room with you and and be aware of what they're going through or seeing that they're quieter than usual and saying, are you okay? And being able to have this sort of open conversation uh, as opposed to, you know, the, I'm fine. I said, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I get to have fine a lot too at home. And so. Yeah. And I get that with my kids too. And, and, and you know, and also sometimes like there was a, my, my son lives with me and we have this habit of like having these blow up fights. We're very much alike in a lot of ways. And um, as, especially as he has, is growing into a man, he's going to be 25 next Sunday. Um, we are both aware of how we get triggered on these things. And um, just this just this last month, there was something uh, triggering. Uh, it was, it was something that um, was mostly my fault. Like, 80% my fault. I did something stupid and thoughtless. Um, but the way he brought it up to me uh, triggered me in a way that I knew I couldn't say or do anything uh, about this without having this turn into a, into a scream fest. And so I, I couldn't even say, all I could say to him is, I can't talk to you right now. I can't talk about it. I couldn't even say, I can't talk about it because if I, and you know, if I if I start talking about it, I'm going to blow up. Uh, and I got out and I just I got out, went to my car and I drove and I realized this it was like right in the middle of the the it was like right like two weeks after Christmas or two weeks after Thanksgiving when the numbers were spiking and there was nothing that was open there was no place for me to go, and so I had to go back home and I was like I was like and he was mad and I was mad. And I was like, I couldn't find a place to cool down because he was, and so, and I kept saying, I don't want to talk about it. And it was, a, it was, it was a lot of shouting. And finally he went away and he came back and he said, you know, I realized that I was like invading your space and you were saying you didn't want to talk about it. And I wasn't respecting that. And I said, yeah, and I was wrong. It's just that I couldn't even say I was wrong without putting a butt after it. And I wanted to get to a point emotionally where I could say I was wrong without having to qualify it. And I knew that I wasn't there. And I knew that if I said, but that we would headbutt. And so it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, it was an awful situation, but we got through it because we do both love each other and we do um, open up about our our communicate about our our problems and our issues and acknowledge when we fail and acknowledge when we have bad things and yesterday when he woke up and he he works like late in the night in his job he's you know yeah he does like to get up at the crack of noon but he's also got a job that really serves him better to to, to sleep later because he's working into the evening um and i said i i need a hug and he gave me one and I explained it to him and he was very receptive to it. And he acknowledged it. No, he doesn't think that, that way about me because we do not have that sort of intimate relationship, which we shouldn't. He's my son. I'm his parent and we don't have that sort of relationship. On the other hand, when I was finished shoveling the driveway, he like made me this fantastic hot chocolate. 
with a little bit of cognac in it that was unbelievable and it was, it was yummy it really is we yeah we yeah we, we got this really marvelous relatively inexpensive cognac and my goodness gracious it was it was it was such a lovely caring gesture and i'm and i'm i was i'm so glad that he is in the house with me and in my life and my all my other kids too but you're right that intimate connection and you know like you and i have a relatively intimate connection too we talk about things that um you know, pre-transition be, before I was like on my voyage of discovery of, and, and allowing myself to actually feel things, I never would have, I would never be able to talk about the things that I talk about with you. Um, yeah, same here. So we do have a level of intimacy that is, it is, it is a non-romantic intimacy, but we do have the ability to share with each other things. And that is such a help. And, uh, I, I, I hope that if anybody's out there who's having issues, they find someone like this. And if they are having problems, send us a message. Um, I'm, I'm not a professional, but I, uh, you know, but I would be willing to, to listen and at least sympathize. Yeah, and the other, the other side of that is, is just so, because I think you and I have both been asked this question, you know, Amy, are you and Penny romantically involved? No. But that's we we've never have been that would totally wreck our relationship. So let's just put that rumor to rest right now. No, yes. we are not romantically involved. Yeah. Never have been. Never will be. Although we are, although we are media best friends, we have gotten the Megan Mac true. best friends award. Very very true. But you know, but but also going back to your point about our relationship. But our relationship has changed dramatically in the last eleven months because of this pandemic. Yeah. I think I think we used to get together at a local coffee house in Rochester and sit around, work on our computers and chat about stuff, you know, two, three times a week. And I think we've seen each other three, four times since yeah. the pandemic has started. We saw each other in the spring where we had lunch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've seen each other a few times, but mm -hmm. but also because we don't see each other in person anymore as much and we don't get that opportunity to talk and have that connection. I feel like our relationship has suffered under that. It and has. And I think and I think there's probably a level of frustration you have with me and some of the things that I go about with and the way I deal with things that when we're interacting personally with each other live and in person, not live via Zoom mm -hmm. or trying to figure it out through text and everything else, because you and I have very different styles and how we approach calendar, our calendars, how we approach <laughs> scheduling. And so I look at them more as suggestions than actual appointments. Yeah. And I don't because I live and die by my calendar. And so, you know, yeah. so you, so you, so you bring up, you brought up Jamie a little bit ago and so did I, you know, when we got together, but that's like one of the things that, you know, when, when we plan stuff, that's one of the things is like they're, they're calendar items. And, you know, Jamie and I started that other podcast and so we set a time and we're, we're online, <laughs> you know, and so, and, but, but you've always been that way and you've been very honest with me, but because we don't get that human interaction, mm -hmm. there's a different front. So it's understanding that we're all dealing with this pandemic and yeah. the idiosyncrasies of our personalities so yeah. much differently now. Yeah. I feel slightly dragged here, but I really deserve it. I do. I, <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, it, it, it's, yeah, I, I, uh, 
you know, it, it is an issue that I've that I've always had. I think part of it is just a control issue on my side. Um, but yeah, but the on top of that, we have the 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 tension and the the pressure and just the crazy making of like a weekly fucking podcast well the weekly fucking podcast is secondary to the to, to the online pressure of like having every every time you go out um to the to the store every time i go go to my work where people will pull down their masks to misgender me um it it, it you know there is that there is that literally life and death tension people that do I'm, that people yeah. do that to you yeah they'll 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 pull down their mask and go excuse me sir and it's like ah first off put the fucking mask up is that what what is it do they think that talky air doesn't carry germs you know um you know so and, and oh, so i'm so sorry sweetie yeah and thank you so much it it, it and so um, like I've drastically cut down the amount of hours that I that I work in the job just because I am I'm I, it's in an area that uh, for whatever reason the people that we go that I come that I that I interact with don't really deal with mask protocol safely if at all I've had people come in without masks who are like you know I have COPD and I'm like I don't care put the fucking mask on. That's interesting because we've discussed this before. You and I work about a mile apart. Yeah. But yet my employer's been very supportive of the masking mandates. Our customers are very, Yeah. we, we have very few issues surrounding it. So it's interesting that dynamic and how it changes from, I think, yeah. you know, corporate policy to corporate policy and I do want to, I, I want to press pause here. The corporate policy and the general manager of my store are very supportive and aware. And if I have an issue and they're a serious issue, they, 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 they've got my back 100%, but. Um, well, I'm the, talking about masking, not misgendering. Well, well, yeah, but they don't, they're, you're, where you work is a relative, like the, 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 uh, the the store where you work as far as square footage size is approximately the size of just the department I work in my in my company and so it's a large large space the general people are all over the place there's people try to make sure that people see who's coming in and out of the door but a lot of times there's more people than there are uh, people to, to help them um, and as opposed to yours, where they come in, they come to the counter, one counter, they say what they want, or they go to the drive-through and like, everybody is like the entire work staff is centered in a relatively small space. So your manager is like standing probably like within five steps of you, where my manager might be on the other side of a building in an entirely different room and doesn't know. So yeah, the corporate the corporate support is there. The managerial support is there. It's just that they're so it's such a different business that these people that come in oftentimes do it with impunity, and there's no one to catch them until they're standing right in front of me. And you know, so then it's like I if I'm calling my boss over, it's going to take a while as opposed to me saying, "Put the fucking mask on, Junior." Well, I, I have not dropped the f bomb on any of these people, although I wanted I to. I had the F-bomb dropped on me the other day at work. Ooh. First time that's ever happened. Uh, wow, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, it was okay. You know, and I I don't know if the guy was having a bad day, whatever, but you know, but I just try to keep in mind it's a stressful situation. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of things in people's lives that are going on right now that I don't, I mean, I'm not going to figure that out in a drive-thru. Right. So he was yeah. upset that his sandwich was getting cold and you know, the laws of science say when it's not in the oven being warmed up anymore, it's going to get cold. <laughs> or at least the old it's going to start cooling off. I don't know what to tell you, but he started right. swearing. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Here's your sandwich. I hope you have a better day. Don't mm. even worry about paying me. Just go. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that's great that you can do that. And I've done similar things myself. Yeah. But it's just, you know, the 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 amount of misgenderings and like, uh, you know, I will say to someone like, uh, I'll be taking their order and it's a complex order and I'm going, so you want this to happen first? And I'll say, yes, sir. And I'll say, please don't call me, sir. And then you want, you want this many of it? And they'll say, yes, sir. And I'll say, please don't call me, sir. And I said, you want it by Friday? Yes, sir. And I was like, please don't call me, sir. And they're like, okay, why do you have to be so uppity about it? It's like, you know, it's like, I'm... The, the whole sir ma'am thing is just bothering me to to no end especially on the phone you know i where i i'm calling like a lot of times i have to call people to tell them that what they want is ready and they, they, they can come pick it up and it's like a, a 15 second phone call and they end with thank you sir because my voice is very masculine sounding and it's like at that point i have the 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 option of like spending another 30 seconds saying to them, look, I'm not, please don't say, call me, sir, or I can let it go. And I usually let it go, but it like, it weighs on me. You know, the, it, it was an unintentional microaggression, but you know, it poked a bruise that they didn't know they were poking. Did you listen to last week's episode? I did not. I was not in a space where I could. I know, I know I, I listened, I listened to it as I was editing it, but mostly I was listening and trying to um, equalize audio levels. But yeah. uh, talk about that. How's this one coming through? It sounds great. You all, I, you, you, yeah, that whatever microphone you got there is really good. I turned on the gain on it. Yeah, well, it's perfect. Yep. It is absolutely perfect. You've got a microphone with gain. Mine does not have gain. Neither does mine. The only gain that mine had, the only gain I have is my laundry detergent. But I'm well. Going back to the voice, though, I mean, the voice, the voice is hard, um, and especially on the phone and at the drive, yeah. it is really hard. And I mean, and and you and I have discussed vocal training before. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. I actually had. I, I was Jerry Ann's, one of Jerry Ann's patients before you were one of Jerry's patients. And even as we're talking now, I'm remembering to to bring my voice forward and make sure that it resonates in my teeth and my tongue as opposed to the back of my throat, which is where it normally is. But I was also oh. trained as an actor. And I was also, uh, I also did voiceovers for 20 years. And I also directed television where um, I was working on my voice while I was directing. And literally I was calling as I, I was trying to do, I was trying to direct using a feminine voice and people literally stopped listening to me. So, uh, and my tux is at the cleaner and the dog ate my homework and I use tux as opposed to prom draws, but you know. Yeah, and the voice is hard. It's really, really hard because it takes, even with me, I mean, it's, I think I've gotten to a really good spot with my voice where mm -hmm. I just, I automatically talk up here now, like you were saying, up by your teeth, underneath yeah. that hard palate. But it's so easy just to slip back out of it. Yeah. Especially for me when I'm talking lots of times, 
in my shows, I'm talking for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour or more, just doing nothing but talking. And by the end, I, my voice gets tired. And as my voice gets tired, excuse me, and as my voice gets tired, it drops. Yep. It gets hoarser. Yep. Because that's what voices do. Yep. Nope. I'm right there with you. I definitely yeah. notice a difference in my voice from early morning and as compared to probably later in the day. Yeah. And, and I, and I freely admit that I stopped doing the exercises and that's something that bothers me. That's a, that's a personality trait of mine that, that also bothers me I'm, almost as much as being late. Actually probably bothers me more than being late, but that I, that I'm, I, I don't really do a lot of self-care that I probably should, that I, mm. that I tell myself I want to. And that includes I, voice training. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time on the exercises anymore. I'm just trying to make that cognizant effort to always use this voice because I rarely get misgendered at the drive-through anymore. I don't get gendered either, but yeah. I take but I take that as a victory. Yeah. And oh. I think because my because of my facial feminization surgery, my at least when people see me, they're like, oh, the voice is like at least pitchy enough to match the face. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm fortunate and I'm blessed that, you know, I don't, I just feel bad that you deal with that. And I'm fortunate that I don't, but I feel bad that you do. Thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing that, um, that I am also aware of um, is, is you, you've heard me talk about my theory of the emotional bruise, right? Where uh, like, for example, if you have a really bad bruise, I have a, I had a tumor removed from my foot when I was like six years old and there's uh, scar tissue on the bottom of my foot. And every once in a while, um, something happens where it hasn't, hasn't happened in a long time, but for most of my uh, first 30 years of my life, I would on, on the regular get like these really deep bruises on the bottom of my foot. Um, and there were two things. And so I would have to like put a special insert in to try and keep it from, from hurting. Um, but I would also, uh, especially when I was younger, as I was like, have to have my foot off, have to have my shoe off and I'm sitting down, I would poke it. I would poke the bruise. Uh, I, I don't know why just to, to, to make sure to see how bad it hurt or something like that. But both of those things, whether I'm protecting it or I'm poking it, both of those are paying attention to the bruise. And sometimes I'm on, on, on bruises, I'm not sure which one I'm doing. And the same thing with emotional bruises. If I'm spewing out to the world I, that I feel like shit, um, am, I, am I poking the bruise, the emotional bruise, or am I protecting it? And I need to be aware that of, of which one that I'm doing and alter my practices to accordingly. Because I do know that I poke bruises and emotional bruises too. Because there's really, there is, there is an awful lot to be, uh, an awful lot of, I don't want to say liberation, but there's an awful lot of freedom in being a victim. Um, because if you're a victim, then none of this is your fault. And, I, and I'm aware that I will go there. And literally, um, when I, at, you know, 20 years ago, when my life was like completely falling apart, I, I reveled in the victim, the, the, the victim's role. I, my, my attitude was not everybody makes it and I'm not going to make it. And I was perfectly fine with that until somebody pointed out the fact 
that I had two young children that had nobody else but me. And that, as much as anything, got me out of that. And it kept me alive uh, right up until um, my daughter was, my, my, my son was in college and my daughter, who was my youngest child, was a junior in high school. And that was when I started looking at, um, at dates to kill myself. Um, but you know, that, 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 that ability to, to, to be emotionally healthy for a while, um, was very, was very important to me and it, it did keep me alive and it did keep me sane. Um, I don't um, know where I'm going with this. Wait, let me ask a question here. Um, Please. what, what kept you from, cause you actually had a date chosen. Yeah. And I, re I remembered as we were, as we were as we were walking through this, what kept you from holding that date? Uh, the fact that I was emotionally healthy because I had been doing like 15 years of therapy and 12-step programs that, that uh, I, I realized that what I was doing was crazy. It took, it, it was not my first thought though. It was my second thought that this was crazy. My first thought was, I need to end this. And then um, I, I got to this point where, okay, I, I don't really want to. And I had this existential crisis and I had to figure out what it was that was making me want to end my life. Yeah, but you had the second thought. Yeah. And and what were you feeling in those moments? Um, very much what I felt, yes, on, on Tuesday, uh, just um anguish i was really really anguished but uh there was a part of me that was saying okay i my my first thought which was okay figure out what which actually i had been um i had been looking at out for a while i realized that i had been looking for a while i was planning on like august of last year was when i was planning on doing it when my daughter was out of out of college I was like, my, my, my kids are out of college and I will not, they won't need me anymore. And so I can, I can check out. Um, and then I was like, okay, so maybe college is too far away. Let's make it the end of, um, make it the end of high school for my daughter. And then uh, that April, I was like, okay, so, well, my dad died while I was uh, a, a, in, in, in high school. And I turned out okay, except of course, for the part where I was trying to schedule my death as a calendar event, which knowing me, I would have been late for anyhow. Um, which probably could have been a good thing. Yeah, that's, I, I tell my kids I'm gonna live forever because I never finish anything. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I, at that point I was like, okay, what the hell am I doing? And I was healthy enough and I'd cleaned up enough of the emotional issues in my life that I was able to stop what I was doing and, and sit with the anguish for a while until I figured out what was going on with me. Well, as you, as you walk through this right now, I mean, how do you feel hearing yourself say that the feelings you had this week were the same that you've had in the past and that you can tie that together? Well, as you asked that question, I realized that I was never any place near that I should end my life feeling uh, that I had uh, back in 2014. 
Um, I was I was in anguish. I was in misery. Uh, but I also was aware that this too shall pass, and I will get past this. Uh, that it was it, it was you know feelings are just that feelings they're not real, and I would I'll be feel, able to feelings are real. I'm gonna I will challenge you feel them I, and you experience them, so they are real. I think the thing that I think the key word in is their feelings pass. Yeah, they, and I, I, I think you know, tomato, tomato here. They're they are not reality. The fact that nobody loves me, the feeling that I am unloved and unwanted, and that my existence in the world is makes no difference to anybody. Well, those are just all or nothing thoughts. Yeah, but that's still if that was that was you know the the misery that I felt that prompted that was just a feeling. Yeah. Uh, the truth of the matter is that that none of that is true. And that's what I mean when I say they're not real. What I, the, 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 the conclusions that I come to when I am in emotional anguish are, 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 are often mostly false. Yep. So that's, and, and the other thing that I, <clears throat> excuse me, and I don't know if this is a tangent that we want to get in off of, but sometimes this is going to be a really weird thing to say, but sometimes I don't, I feel like I am inauthentic because of the amount of support and love that I get in my transition, the, the, the really small amount of transphobic attacks that I get. I feel like I, because I, 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 I read and I see and I hear stories of people who are just constantly attacked and are losing friends and family members because of this. And I, that's not my experience. And I'm like, I don't want to say I'm jealous of them, but I just, it's just another thing that makes me feel a little bit of an outsider in a, in a group of people that all seem to be sharing the same experience that I don't have. Well, you might not have transphobic attacks, verbal and vocally like harassment, physical threats, stuff like that. But you are dealing with an incredible, I just, I just heard you say 15, 10 minutes ago, whatever it is, I'd have to rewind the audio, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the time to do that. But you just laid out a series of microaggressions that you take consistently at work. And because of that, you've actually stepped back from work to protect your mental health. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not the big things that take a toll on us. And they do because they're trauma at some level, but you're consistently exposed to these microaggressions that over time have built up on to you like a capital T trauma. Yeah. And so I, you're discounting your own trauma right now and comparing it to somebody else. Well, I, I, I don't know if I'm doing that. Uh, I think this goes back to, um, my, my, the, the statement earlier about feelings not being real, the way that I feel about that uh, is, and, and you just pointed it out. Yeah, I do have it. Uh, but, you know, when I'm in the poor me's, I, I discount these microaggressions. I discount all the things I do. Uh, what do I want to talk about in the next segment uh, is what I consider is a, a, a part of a massive aggressive, you know, my uh, un unknown aggressive injury that I felt from the New York State Department of Health. Well, so, I think, yeah, I was just gonna say, this is probably a good place to steal a radio term to segue. 
Yeah, I think so too. And let, let's let's do that right after we uh, we we beg people for for some money here. What do you think, Amy? I like that. All right, this is. I like, mon- I like money, not the begging part. I like money too. We see we're best friends. We both like money, and we'll be back to to talk about this next segment about the uh, the statewide microaggression, which may be a macroaggression. Who knows? Right after this, this is Transformation Thursday. To financially support Transformation Thursday, go to TransformationThursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday Podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at TransThursPod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcasts on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to transformation thursday my name is amy stevens and my pronouns are she her and they're not preferred and they're not preferred pronouns either they are my pronouns absolutely and i'm penny strong and my pronouns are also she her so amy uh have you gotten vaccinated yet i actually have an appointment coming up for that oh cool um i went ahead and got a, uh, I'm part of a trial, a COVID vaccine trial that I signed up for, for two reasons. Number one is because I was not at all confident that I was going to uh, get, because this is back pre-election that I signed up for this. And I was not at all confident that I would uh, be getting any vaccine any other way. And also, uh, cha-ching, they're paying me for this. Um, But yesterday, more money, more money, woo stupid money um but yeah so but yesterday i was the other but one of the things about the 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 vaccine trial they said that if you want if i want to get the covid vaccine if i'm eligible for it i make the appointment uh they will take that into account they're not going to prohibit me from doing that uh just because i'm part of a trial so i went on i went online to the new york state department of health first off to see if i was considered eligible yet because as it was saying it was like you know food workers were eligible um i work in a non-food business but it is still apparently considered um what's the word uh, that that they use to say you have to go to work even though um essential essential i would to see if i was the sort of essential worker that could um that could could get the COVID vaccine. So I went there and I they said, we have an app for that. And so I went to the app and the, 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 there were like four required questions off the top. One was my birth date, uh, where you had, to, you had to put that in like, or, or fields to fill out. Birth date was one of them. Um, zip code was another. Um, am I a resident of New York State? Do I live in New York State? And then there was one that was listed as sex. Um, and the sex options, the options that they had underneath there were male, female, non-binary, and prefer not to answer. Um, and that just, 
um, what I was doing this morning, the reason why I was late for this morning's recording is because I uh, had spent most of the morning up to that point um, writing to the New York State Department of Health and to a bunch of uh, media reporters and things like that that I know uh, to express my, my anger about this. Um, and so uh, with your permission, Amy, I would like to actually, it's not a long letter, I would like to uh, read what I wrote to the New York State Department of Health and that I'm copying into a bunch of other people as soon as I can. Yeah, um, and why don't we, um, if I decided, why don't you put that on our Transformation Thursday page too? I will, yeah, yeah I will do that. But um, so here is what I wrote. Um, yesterday I decided to check to see if I was eligible for the COVID vaccine yet. And I went to the, am I eligible page and I saw this. Uh, and there uh, was the information below that I talked about. I have comments and questions. Comment. Sex in this context refers to genitalia. Gender refers to one's relationship with masculinity and femininity. One of your choices for sex is non-binary, which has nothing to do with genitals. It is a gender designation. An appropriate third designation for sex would have been intersex. So here are my questions. Why did you put sex on this form if you meant gender? If you meant gender, why is there a nod to three variants and nothing to do with transgender or other gender non-conforming people here? And most importantly, why is this something that needed to be, needs to be designated in a form designed to check eligibility? Is there any type of eligibility where being a man makes you any more or less eligible than being a woman? Is the vaccine for men different than the vaccine for women? If the answer is no to these questions, why is the question here? If the answer is yes, why is prefer not to answer an option? If the reason you put that in here is for, quote, data tracking, end quote, why are transgender non-binary folks largely ignored in the data? Also, why is sex the only data tracked? Why not ethnicity, skin color, or even hair or eye color for that matter? Was this form vetted by anyone? Is anyone in the creating or vetting of this form transgender, gender nonconforming? Who is the highest ranking transgender nonconforming person in the Department of Health? You have created a form that forces me, a transgender woman, to decide which of four lousy, non-representative, extremely binary choices to, to use, which makes me not want to use fill out this form at all. And please let me know the decision process that led to this form being released, if and if and when you plan on addressing these issues. That's what I wrote to them. And I think that these are perfectly valid questions to ask. I, re I really like how you worked into gender and sex designations. And I, and I really think the intersexes, you know, that's conspicuously missing. But also, you know, we've had some major issues in New York State regarding people getting access to shots for the vaccination, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had nationwide, we've had, yeah. and we and we have had, uh, and I've, I was actually like quoted in a, in a story about this. I was very active at the beginning of the pandemic when they were releasing data about who was infected. And I asked um, Monroe County Department of Health and also Adam Bello, I kept on asking them, are you tracking trans people? How are you tracking trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming people? My, my, my point on this, though, is with this lack of access, and this goes back to Rachel Barnhart and her issues with 
digital deserts. The, the bigger missing piece on there is race and ethnicity. There's nothing on that form about race and ethnicity. So they're, they're, and so they're really just checking these boxes of these random gender slash sex things. And, you know, I'm kind of just getting the thing that's like, oh, it's, and let's, let's just be honest. These things are just probably haphazardly put together during a pandemic by a team of medical people that probably don't know too much about transgender issues and gender yeah. diversity and tech people who only see like, in yeah. their own little box. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough spot and, you know, and I, 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 yeah. I call bullshit on that. Quite frankly, I do not no, think it's a tough spot. I think that there, there has been enough issues with this, that this should be something that they think about that. Is there anybody in there? I mean, the, the, uh, oh, we are data tracking that to me is a bullshit response. And I, and I, and I reject that entirely. This is not supposed to be for data tracking. This is to see if you are eligible. Every other question there makes sense. Well, you no, know? but, but it is, but they are, but if you read the terms and conditions in there, they are using it for data tracking. It's, it specifically says it in there. So if you read the terms and conditions for that, they are using it for data tracking specifically. And so that's why there's data that I think that's much more important that's actually being left out. Well, and I if, think I think that the data, if it is used for data tracking, then they're not tracking the right data. That, that's the point because they're missing race and ethnicity on there. And they're also missing transgender and gender non-conforming yeah. people. Well, and, and this is the other thing too. NPR ran a story last year. I wish I could find a link to it, but they actually said that because um, COVID-19 affects, and I'm going to say people who were assigned female at birth and people who were assigned male at birth who are not on hormone replacement therapy differently, that they were actually mm -hmm. putting cisgender men on estrogen to see if that lessened. And I don't know what happened with that study, but so actually tracking transgender people to see how they respond or us, we respond differently from our cisgender counterparts would actually be very scientifically beneficial in this situation and supports your point for actually tracking that. Yeah. The thing that, I, and I've been saying this cause I have, I didn't really plan on being a transgender health activist, but apparently I'm turning into one that the, 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 when I was, when I was doing this with the Monroe County people who have never once, uh, responded to me. I've never once answered any of my questions or even acknowledged the fact that I asked them, which really pisses me off. Um, but the reason why this is important is because this pandemic is going to be the touchstone for so much uh, political and health and social examination, societal examination going forward for a generation. They're going to look at our the, the the response from both a uh, governmental as well as a health a health viewpoint for setting policy for a generation to come and if yeah, transgender yeah. people are not represented how represented how are they going to factor us into these decisions? Well, and I, I think we're yeah this stuff just is not moving fast enough for us. But I, I think this is going to be multi generational. I mean, yeah. we're still we're, we're still dealing with health issues from the 1918, 1920 flu pandemics. Yeah, I, so, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying that at least because I know it's going to yeah. be. More, but I don't have any. I don't have any issue and anything to back that up. I just, you know, I, you know, we, you know, I got my master. I know I have master's degree. I know how social research works. Um, yeah, same here. So I, yeah, I know. So we both know this. I, it's just I wanted. I, it's just really, really frustrating for me to to see all of this stuff. Yeah. So. 
Well, so I think what we need to do is just, you know, we'll keep, you do a good job of putting a spotlight on it. You Nice. Um, you got your, um, you started it. <laughs> okay. For the people. So thank no, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, you, I wasn't going to comment, but you commented while I was on my rant, Amy decided to try and call me down by lifting her shirt to show me her bra and her tattoo. So well, I just, just, I just wanted to show you the tattoo. I don't know if you oh, ever of saw, course, I saw, I don't think you course. ever saw that coloring of, piece. Of, of, of course, that's exactly what you were doing. You've never once flashed me before in the history of ever, Amy. And so I just decided to return fire. That's all. And I just don't happen to be wearing a bra, but uh, it's a good tit for tit. <laughs> where we, I, get, well, I, I want to wait, but for you, it's also tit for tat because you have ink down there. Yes, I do. Anyhow, we're off topic here and let's get back on the topic. But yeah, yeah, yeah we're right. I think we're You're both talking same. figuratively, right? Yeah. Well, it's, okay. ah! That's all the time we have today, folks. Good night. Uh, no, I really, honestly, I think we are wrapping up here. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I, yeah, we, we are being underrepresented. We need to have better represented. We're not the only group that this is happening for. This is yet another situation where unrecognized privilege is affecting, uh, affecting policy on a nationwide, statewide and local level. Well, yeah, and there for as much praise as, you know, Andrew Cuomo received early in the pandemic, I think right now he's rightfully getting evaluated for some of the mistakes him and his administration made, especially related to nursing homes and um, vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think this needs to be part of that conversation. Marginalized people have historically been underrepresented, mistreated because of, like you said, white privilege. Yeah, especially cis normative white privilege, and so the, this is a this is a time where the New York State Department of Health is missing out on an opportunity to collect a broad range of data on trans people, non-binary people, and other marginalized communities, especially of those of color, that could really benefit from receiving the vaccination. <clears throat> and so yes. I think this is just an. I think that's a good place to jump off. Yeah, I've sent I've sent a letter to the New York State Department of Health. I've I've alerted a whole bunch of uh, people that I know in in media. Um, as this goes on, if anything happens, I will let you guys know through here. And if you have any thoughts or suggestions, or if anybody in here has any contacts or any way of helping or is interested in helping, drop us a line. And if you want to leave a couple of bucks in that line that you drop us, that would also be helpful, wouldn't it, Amy? Definitely would. We appreciate it, and yeah, someday, we someday we'll probably post something on Patreon. Yeah, maybe someday, maybe we will. But for now, it's gonna that that's at another date. It's been uh, it's really good and great seeing you, all of you, Amy. Yes, and, good seeing you too. <laughs> all right, but and and uh, everybody, thank you for listening to Transformation Thursday. We'll be back next week. Good night, Amy. Good night, Penny. Good night, everyone.